I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny. It's January 9th. 2024, a GM and a head coaching search is well underway in the nation's capital, where today Josh Harris and Bob Myers, Rick Spielman, and other members of the Harris Ownership Group are sitting down with some of the brightest minds in the National Football League trying to figure out who's going to run this front office and ultimately help them decide on who the next head coach is going to be. Danny, good afternoon to you. What do you say, dude? Days away. Like, not months, not years, days. Like, this week, maybe early next week. They're meeting with people right now, the best and the brightest. My favorite candidate is meeting with these guys later this afternoon into the evening. Like, it's happening. There aren't that many GM openings, by the way. We kind of went through it before the show, just chronicling everything and putting it all together to be able to serve it to you guys in a delicious sandwich with good toppings and, and sauce. Because that makes a meal. And there are only four openings, and this is the best one, in my opinion, or maybe the second best. Point is, they're in contention, and they got a shot at some of the best and brightest minds to really turn this ship around. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam. Yeah, there are, I don't know, five or six hot candidates in the NFL and four teams with openings. There are now six clubs looking for head coaches, and we're still not exactly sure what's going to happen in New England with Bill Belichick. I would still bet money that one way or the other, we find out in the next couple days, he's not going to be coming back to New England. But in the moment, you've got the Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, Raiders, Titans, and Commanders with head coaching openings because of the news of the last hour with Mike Vrabel being fired. We'll talk about that in a second. But to your point, only four of those six teams also blew out their front office. Washington being one of those clubs because while Mayhew and Herney, the Marty Party, is still here for the moment, they're not going to be here in their roles when the dust settles. So the Panthers, where you've got to work with David Tepper, the Chargers, not a great ownership situation, but a good GM job because Justin Herbert's there. Right, bad cap situation, but Justin Herbert. Raiders, who are not in as good a spot as Washington financially, and also one of the ownership groups that has the least disposable money at this point, which makes them less of a destination, I'd say. And then Washington. Those are the four GM jobs, six head coaching gigs. So the commanders are well-positioned in both areas. The news of the day, Earl just gave you some of these details. But just to you know, give you all the specifics, Mike Borgonzi, the number two with the Chiefs in their front office, meeting with the team at Josh Harris's home today in Miami. Glenn Cook, who's in the Browns' front office, is meeting with the club today uh, at Josh Harris's house. Tonight, the Adam Peters meeting is going to take place. He is, I'm not going to call him the favorite, but he is the guy that the fan base should be rooting for. He is the most sought-after executive in the National Football League. He was turning jobs down last year because he didn't want to leave San Francisco, and the 49ers, at least in part, recently elevated 
John Lynch to a presidential role so that they could elevate Adam Peters if need be to keep him there. So while you are competing against other teams for Peters, I think more than anything else, you're probably competing against San Francisco wanting to keep their brilliant uh, player picker. Absolutely. Uh, their you know, talent evaluator in-house. But that would be just a massive home run. That would be you know Bryce Harper, Adam Dunn, Kyle Schwarber, second deck in right field territory up in section 240. <laughs> We're way at the top of Nationals Park uh, down the, the right field line if they could hit a home run in Land Peters. But he interviews tonight, and then the list tomorrow includes Ian Cunningham, who a lot of people feel like would be, maybe if he can't get Peters, next on their list. A 1A almost. Longtime Ravens exec who's now with the Bears, and Alec Hallaby, who's the analytics guy for Howie Roseman with the Eagles. They have not gotten a response, it doesn't sound like, from Will McClay, who they are seeking permission to interview. He is the Cowboys' highest-ranking player-picking executive he works hand in hand with Steven and Jerry Jones, but he has not really shown a lot of interest to leave Dallas over the last couple of years. But those are the names. That's the lineup as far as the interviews today and tomorrow. Exciting stuff. I mean, again, the obviously it's not like I've listened to each of these guys talk about football extensively or seen every press conference or you know seen them on record a million times over. Not many of us have to this point. All we can do is sort of read. And at this point, the association with successful, positive organizations with great track records here as they've been there is intoxicating, right? I mean, again, I have no idea if if there's a chance, GP, that Adam Peters is just spitballing here, is the greatest fraud of all time and is in the room where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing stuff. I don't think that's the case, but there's, of course, the chance. He could be a giant flop the next place he goes with, uh, you know, that that Belichickian tree arrogance of a Josh McDaniels or, you know, some of those guys that have left the, the nest and not really succeeded outside of New England. That's a, it's all entirely possible. But at this time, you're not doing the, well, this is a retread who's been out of football for a couple of years and we're going to overpay him. This is the, this is where everyone else wants to. And we can win it because we're not the ugliest at the party anymore. So there you go. You're up to speed on everything going on throughout the day today on the commander's coaching and GM searches. It is Tuesday on Grant and Danny, by the way, which means one final ride on Commander Survivor. And then there were two. Deron Payne, Terry McLaurin, the last two standing after week 18. Today, you are voting for a winner. You're not booting somebody off the island. You are voting for who should win Commander's Survivor. Go to Facebook.com slash Grant and Danny. It was not a particularly efficient performance for Terry McLaurin. Day to try to force feed him the football late. Eventually, he got the 54 yards he needed to get to 1,000, right up around 60 in the game. Payne was quiet. Commander Survivor, last installment for 2023's football season. I know I voted for, and I'll share it with you now. Number 17, but number one in your hearts. He's the best. I just wish he doesn't have an Allen Robinson-like career. I would love for him to get to play with one of those. What's the what's the term I'm looking for? Good quarterbacks. Good. That's the, the phrase, the, the word that goes before quarterback instead of crappy or journeyman or jag or someone that shouldn't be here or bridge to nowhere. Anyway, I want that for him. I want to have I want him to have one of those CD Lamb kind of seasons. I want him to have one of those monstrous 1400 yard, eight or nine touchdown seasons where the the national audience is going, you know what's really good? It's Terry McLaurin. And he's like a second round fantasy pick now. I want that for Terry. Last night, 
National championship game. I don't know how surprised we should have been that Michigan eventually ran away from Washington and kind of manhandled the Huskies. But a couple of 14-0 and teams went head-to-head, and it was the Wolverines behind 134 yards from Blake Corum, a Virginia native on the ground, who scored two touchdowns, and 100 yards on just six carries from Donovan Edwards, who scored twice as well, literally, figuratively, running all over Washington. Down to the first possession, back in the game, and he's loose again! Edwards, off and running! Welcome back, Donovan Edwards! 46 yards! ESPN's telecast last night. Chris Fowler on the call. That was 46 of 303 rushing yards. Say that total again. That's 303, my friend. That's a zip code. Like, what? J.J. McCarthy's supposed to go in the first round, according to a lot of people. I just don't get that. And I'm not saying I don't think he's good. I just wouldn't know. I I watch a lot of Michigan. I never see the guy pass. There was a game where he didn't throw a pass in the the second half of a handful of weeks At Penn State, yeah. Uh, Yesterday, he was 10 of 18 for 140. Cool, I guess. All they do is just maul people. They are physical. They are they are dominant in the trenches. I couldn't believe a stat I saw after the game last night. They turned the ball over five times this season. That, that's what I saw. Incredible. I didn't look it up to make sure it was true. And I'm pretty sure like three or four of those were in one game, by the yeah, way. At Bowling Green or something. Five turnovers and something like, I don't know, a couple dozen penalties for the entire year. Amazing. What an incredible season Michigan just had, and they did it as villains. You know, we'll find out if eventually the championship gets vacated because there were all kinds of mm-hmm. controversies. Jim Harbaugh is about to leave Michigan as he always does. He's, yep. you know, he comes, he, he comes in like a hurricane. He wins, he leaves, everything falls apart. Uh, he, he's kind of running from the NCAA, it seems like, but he'll go win somewhere else yep. wherever he ends up. This is what he does. He is uh, an agent of chaos, as he was called today, and a great. Story by Dan Wetzel that I read. But 34-13 winners, 40-3 and in the last 43 games they've played, the Michigan Wolverines. Physical dominance, man. You know, chalk one up for caveman football. You know, chalk, chalk one up for guys that like smash mouth and downhill and all that kind of stuff. I'll say this. As much as, as irritating as I find Harbaugh, you know, you of course have to tip your cap. I mean, the guy's excellent at this. They do some really creative stuff in the run game that I that I've always wondered why more people aren't doing. Instead of line it up and have a pushing contest, and they do plenty of that because they're, frankly, more physical than 99.9% of their opponents. But there was that one touchdown from Edwards. I don't know if you remember this, but Herb Street did a great job breaking it down where they start with an unbalanced line on one side. The guy that's the normal right tackle lines up on the left tackle, and he he motions to the right. Then you've got an extra lineman who's also on the right, and then they motion to the left. Linebackers, safeties, everyone's pointing around going, you go there, no, you go there. And there's a wide-open gap that they created by moving defenders around and getting the look that they want. That's usually reserved for passing game type stuff, right? Where you go, we're going to motion this guy so we end up with our best receiver on their third corner or a tight end on a safety or something like that in the run game. And it was a walk-in touchdown from, as you mentioned, 46 yards away from Edwards. That kind of stuff is so innovative, and I love it. Yeah, I think he's smart. Yeah, Uh, From an X's and O's standpoint, there's no doubt. Uh, He surrounds himself with really sharp coaches too. But he's your consummate leader of men Mm -hmm. type. He is a program builder. He's done it in college where he just won a national championship, uh, where he had Stanford and San Diego at different points having all kinds of success in their conferences. And he's done it in the National Football League with San Francisco. I mean, he's won everywhere he goes. He's obviously going to the NFL, it looks like, in the next week or so. Uh, There's plenty of people that will link him to every job, including Washington. 
The commanders have not yet, it doesn't sound like, put him on the list of names they plan on interviewing. I'd be surprised if they didn't, though. At 3 o'clock, I actually want to dive into whether or not he'd be a fit here or if that's something they'd be interested in. But look, he is, I, I called him yesterday online an acquired taste. That was the nicest way I could put it, <laughs> saying he is a really hard guy to like. Uh, if you're not a fan of the team he coaches, and he, he doesn't mind it. Like, he plays the villain role. He totally. wants to not be like. I, I think he revels in that, but he just wins everywhere he goes. He won 22 of his final 24 games after he turned around San Diego collegiately. Then he went to Stanford, turned them into a powerhouse and a 12-win team. One of the best in the country with Andrew Luck. Then he goes to Michigan. They wanted to fire him a couple different times, especially back in 2020 during the COVID year when they were terrible. He goes 40-3 and down the stretch and wins the Natty title. And you look at the NFL resume when he got San Francisco an NFC championship, a Super Bowl berth against his brother. He went 44-19 and in the National Football League with a tie. But 44-19, and a 2-to-1 win-to-loss ratio. So you don't have to like him, but at least acknowledge today all that guy does is win. Yeah, and it wasn't with, you know, Steve Young changing quarterbacks midstream from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick and sort of adjusting on the fly when Smith was injured and we know the rest getting to that Super Bowl, as you mentioned. 13-3, and 11-4-1, and 12-4 and before his final 8-8 eight and eight season when he bolted uh, to go back to college with Michigan. Won at Stanford. I mean, he's won everywhere. It's no matter what you think, and I find him as irritating as anybody in sports, I dude wins. So the only reason that I'm not hell bent gung ho and going to, you know, grab that guy and, and pay whatever it costs is I do feel like in three or four years we'll just be doing the next thing. And maybe it's worth it to just to get my, you know, first eleven win season for this franchise in thirty plus seasons. Maybe it's worth it just to do that to, to sell my soul. But I feel like the, there'll be the next scandal. It'll be chasing him and he'll go somewhere else for a better payday and it'll be someone else's fault. In college it's scandals. In the pro ranks and, and in college to some extent, it's been infighting with everyone around him. Right. You know, he leaves it like he walks out of a room and it looks like a scene from like Kingsman or something. <laughs> or just a bunch of people are like laying on the ground, you know. Right. It seems like everywhere he goes. But we can get into that at about 3 o'clock. Huge news out of the NFL. Speaking of star head coaches, Mike Vrabel fired by the Titans. Now, uh, this was stunning. It was definitely a shocker. I don't know that it was you know, not in any way talked about because there's been rumbling. Yeah, there's rumbles. For a few weeks that maybe he would want to make the leap to New England. But that's mainly what this was. The rumblings on Vrabel not being in Nashville anymore with the Titans have just been that. If Bill Belichick is fired by the Patriots, he would probably want to go to New England and they'd want to bring him home in air quotes to be Belichick 2.0 and run New England. So that's where a lot of those rumors came from. But as of now, Belichick still has his job with the Patriots. This feels a little bit telling in that regard. Like maybe there's something brewing that we don't know about yet, but he's out. And the Titans, rather than trying to trade him to New England, have just met with him as of last night and decided today going in a different direction, firing him. His first four years in Tennessee were winning seasons. He went 9-7 and seven back-to-back years, so just kind of solid, but then went 11-5 and 12-5. and, 12 and five. This is a team that at one point in time was up double-digit points against the Chiefs in a playoff game to try to get to a Super Bowl before Patrick Mahomes put his cape on and came back and beat them, and that was after they knocked out the one-seed Ravens. That's right. They were very close. They paid Tannehill. 
Here's what I'd want to know about Mike Vrabel. How involved was he in some of their decision-making? And that isn't to say, like, what kind of power did he have as Mm -hmm. much as when he was counseled on pay Tannehill or not, did he want to pay him? When he was counseled on trade A.J. Brown or don't, what was his take? Do we want to give Derrick Henry this debilitating amount of money on a second contract for a veteran running back. You know, a lot of these things that are just no-nos in this league, mm-hmm. and you do enough of them, you're not going to be very good. And weirdly, last year they were 7-10, and 10, their GM gets fired. This year they're 6-11. and 11. So the last two years, this guy that everybody can't get enough of, Mike Vrabel, you know, he's 13-21 and 21 and has had back-to-back losing seasons as he hits the open market. I think he's an excellent head coach. Excellent. Now... I'm curious about the same things because I think they were a terrible roster this year. Their best receiver was, you know, over the hill DeAndre Hopkins, who can't run by anybody anymore, still getting by with footwork and great hands. They don't have many options. Their offensive line was a disaster. They are always injured on defense, it feels like. They were usually better than some of their parts. Their quarterback position has been mediocre at best, and he's gotten great stuff out of them. His former assistants gone on to success relative, I suppose, elsewhere. I know Arthur Smith just got fired, but – To me, he's one of those really sharp guys, kind of a Tomlin-style figure, where obviously you're going to be competitive, everyone's going to do the right thing, he knows the ins and outs, does all the mechanics very well. The question is, is it harder to churn out good offenses if your OC is good, see an Arthur Smith, or you know, see um, he had another assistant that went went somewhere else, became a head coach. Matt LaFleur. LaFleur, thank you. It's harder to keep those guys and harder to keep some consistency there. The way they're built was just wrong, where they go, we're going to be built around this, you know, incredible bowling ball with knives, thumper, Derrick Henry, well, eventually, see Eddie George, see Earl Campbell, those guys that take on more contact than any other human being in history are going to start to wear out and not be as effective. Your offensive line isn't as good. You're, you're sort of, your ceiling is capped. So to me, this is one of those guys that probably shouldn't be available if they had a decent pers- set of personnel that, that have won that crappy division. But I don't know if it's the right fit here or not. I know that guy I think is really good. I like Mike Vrabel a lot, and I would certainly interview him. I think he's a little bit overrated in the sense, not not as a head coach. Like, if anybody says, like, I, and I've been on record in the past at times loving this guy, thinking he's brilliant. Like, I, I still think those things. But if the take is, well, oh, my goodness, Mike Frabel's available. you got to hire him. Settle down a little bit, I would say. This team was 25th in DVOA on offense, 18th in DVOA on defense. They really didn't have anything to, to hang their hat on. As you said, the personnel the last couple of years has gotten worse. I'm not that excited to sign up for uh, another tough guy defensive coordinator. Now, doesn't mean that he's not a great leader of men. I think he's a younger, frankly, better version of Ron Rivera. And I think he's a high floor head coach. I think he comes in here, the floor is seven, eight wins, and there's going to be a lot of, you know, nine and ten win seasons if he's around long enough. And you can you can get to your first eleven win season. Like I think he will have success in the league. He should one thousand percent be hired in this cycle. But if you're asking me, do I move him to the top of my coaching list in this cycle? No, not necessarily. Uh, but let's get into that next. Where should Vrabel fit on a list of potential coaches, and where would he fit for you? How interested would you be in Mike Vrabel? We can open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. At 800-636-1067, about an hour after we found out that Vrabel's been fired by the Tennessee Titans. Grant and Danny with you on the fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. His defense will be more sure tackling here in the second half. Couple tight ends, another burst. Oh, they got a foot race now with Cisco. There he goes. Look at the big man. Stefan. 10-5 out of bounds. He is a runaway freight train. That was Derrick Henry in what is probably going to go down as his final game with the Titans. He took the mic on the field after the game and addressed the crowd, which I'd never seen before, thanking them for all of their support over the years. Welcome back. We're Grant and Danny. This is the fan. Mike Vrabel fired by Tennessee. He went 54-45, and 12th best record in the NFL, so basically like a fringe playoff team in his six years in Nashville. Three playoff trips in six seasons, batting about 500 in that regard. And he did that, as Warren Sharp of Sharp Football pointed out, with this list of quarterbacks. 21 games of Marcus Mariota, 67 games of Ryan Tannehill, who he majored in, 8 games of Blaine Gabbert, 11 games of Malik Willis, 2 games of Josh Dobbs, and 9 games of Will Levis. So they have had somewhere between terrible and average quarterbacks. There was a season in there where... Tannehill was well. yeah. tremendous, and they just about went to the AFC champion or, or to the Super Bowl that year as an AFC championship game contender. But here's my problem. I don't think anyone would say he's not a really good coach. He is. He won about half of his games where he's been an underdog, third best in the NFL since 2018. My problem has been, A, I think it's hard sometimes for the defensive-minded head coaches to lure the quarterback to figure out quarterback. Because on the free agent heap, guys are not like seeking those opportunities out Mm -hmm. generally. They're going to work with someone on offense, number one. But number two, a lot of times the defensive-minded head coach isn't going to have a great quarterback situation or offense because they're dumping assets into and investing in defense. We saw this here with Ron Rivera. 
I just don't like how Vrabel, if I'm picking nits, like views offense and strategy offensively, which Sharp points out is probably the biggest sin. I think it's a pretty big one. Now, if they hired him, what would I say? My lead would be they just hired one of the better coaches in the league. He is a tremendous coach. I just think philosophically, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. I'd like a tremendous coach who happens to be philosophically what I think the best way forward is. I think he's an amazing coach who isn't that. Like He is in that Mike Tomlin mold of, God, he's going to get a lot out of this team. He's going to be a great guy to have running your building. But look at the Steelers' offense and quarterback situation year in and year out. Yep. They can't quite seem to figure it out. And Vrabel te- seems to be heading toward that to me. So the my only counterpoints, because the larger sample points to what you're talking about, the one year where he got good quarterback play, they were second in the NFL in points. Scored almost 500 points over the course of a season in 2020. Now, everything was weird that year. I, you remember it. I remember it. We all do. But it shows me, potentially, because as a Vrabel a- advocate, there might be, if he's got the pieces, if he gets, you know, he's not going to get in the way. He's not going to say, well, we're, we're throwing the ball too effectively. Let's, you know, thump it on first, second, and third down and punt more so I can let my defense work. Like, they're capable of getting out and running and shooting and playing really good football, like modern NFL football, where they won the division back-to-back years with 23 combined wins over two seasons. I think he's so smart and so good that he'll play to what he's got. Like, I don't think he's one of these football cowboy type dudes. I know he's a tough guy and has standards, but I don't think he's just such a, you know, I don't know, a dinosaur where it's we're headbutting each other and we're going to try to win six to three and, and have an arm wrestling match at midfield. I think he's got to adapt to what he's got. I think what he's had the last couple of years has been dog crap personnel. Now, the, my question about him is how much of that is his fault? Is he, is he, are he and Rand Carthen in the room going, definitely, we want this guy, this guy, that guy, because this guy, this guy, that guy, we're all bad. Carthen. Carthen's not the problem. He's been there for eight minutes. It was mm-hmm. John Robinson, I Previous guess. Previous guy, yeah. You know, the guy before him who Rabel was really close with. But, yeah, I, I have the same question. I disagree a little bit on, like, what he prefers. My guess is he'd love to win 10-7 games all season long uh, rather than trying to open it up and make life a little more difficult on his defense. But, look, he'd be a great hire. I'd say the same thing about Jim Harbaugh, by mm-hmm. the way. And we'll talk about Harbaugh at 3 o'clock. But, like, Harbaugh, to me, would be an outstanding hire. He wins everywhere. Is it my perfect hire? No, I, I don't think perfectly it's a fit for what I'd like them to be doing. I want them to do what I think is you know, what works best in this league. And what works best in this league in a conference where six of seven playoff teams are offensive-minded right now and 11 of the last 12 coaches, the coach in the NFC Championship game in this conference, the one you're trying to win in, 11 of the last 12, Our guys who were OCs who called plays is to go in that direction. But this is different than hiring, say, uh, Dan Quinn, Mm -hmm. which would not really excite me at all, as good a football coach as he is, because Vrabel's a star. I mean, it's a name. He is beloved for his success, not just, you know, for being well-liked. Like, the guy has had a really good six-year run, and he's done it, as you said, without great talent. But the problem is... When the talent was good, they were winning, or better, I should say. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years with bad talent, like great coaching, you masked that, and I think a lot of people expected them to be better this year. And the bottom I know fell I did, out yeah. a little bit. Uh, but the question is, where does he rank on your coaching list? And we'll get to the calls on this in a second. 800-636-1067. So I came into this process with my number one coaching candidate pretty well known. Who's that? 
It's Ben Johnson, the uh-huh. offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson is still my number one option. Uh, my t- number two option they have not requested an interview with, and I think only the Carolina Panthers have at this point, interestingly enough, and that's Frank Smith, who is the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. It's wide open after that. Like That's where I can start to have conversations about guys like Brian Callahan or uh, anybody else. But you know, after that, I would say on equal footing, Mike McDonald, maybe Callahan, Vrabel, like he is in that second tier. Really, what I care about is my first tier, which is Ben Johnson it's who? and Frank Smith. After that, though, I will be excited about mm-hmm. with some, ah, I wish it wasn't quite like this. That's Mike McDonald. That's Mike Vrabel. That's Callahan. Bobby Slowick is in that category as well, where I don't think he's quite ready to be a head coach. But you got to get these guys sometimes a year or two early, not a year or two too late. So I'll I'll put him in that tier with Jim Harbaugh, by the way. Yeah, Harbaugh, who uh, you can't get me after they hired Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel to be upset. Those are leaders. Those are guys that are going to come in here and win football games. I would prefer them to really go full twenty twenty four here and and kick it with a young OC. Yeah. So rhetorically, I'm asking, what's the goal? Obviously, to win a championship and win multiple would be good for a long time. But with this process, to me, I want my, I want my marriage. I want my GM, coach, quarterback. I want that triumvirate to begin here this year and to have that long-standing decade-plus Gibbs and Beathard type situation. Yeah. Right. So my favorites are kind of similar to you, right? The, the Ben Johnson seems to be kind of the golden boy. If I got Peters Johnson quarterback to be named later, that's my offseason. I'll I'll see you guys, you know, around draft time. After that. A couple of the offensive minds I'm, I'm intrigued by. I'm excited. We don't know. We don't have a great idea. That's, there's still some uncertainty there. You're, you have to take that leap of faith. So you would have Ben Johnson over Vrabel. I would. Who you've called the best coach in the NFL at yeah. times. Then my next tier down, and it's not much of a drop, is that Vrabel, Mike McDonald, Harbaugh type stuff. So you're Harbaugh basically saying stuff. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm shocked by that. Yeah. So I mean, I, to- As soon as I saw he got fired, I thought you would be breaking glass in case of emergency. I mean, you love Mike I Vrabel. I do. I love Mike Vrabel. So... You, may you not don't be able- love him enough to just bring him here, then. I mean, he's he'd be my probably my number two seed. But you prefer an unknown in Ben Johnson. I do, and it's I think the upside is so high. With that, to your point, something that's going to work in ten years. Well, like the, the way I the way I th- think about him and, and offense, it feels like he's he's the next big thing. It feels like now you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. Whereas I feel like there's I don't want to say a ceiling for Vrabel, but you're I think you're you're quant- you're quantifying it by saying it's an incredibly high floor. That's a great start for an organization that hasn't won in 30-plus years. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm surprised, but we obviously are in lockstep on this. I just look at the great quarterbacks, and they almost always were paired with offensive guys generally. And the ones that were paired with defensive guys, it never really ended without friction. You know, if you think about, like, Brady and Belichick, you th- which is really the one example also of Manning like, and Dungy? unbelievable success. Um, well, he, I suppose he, he, he had the same coordinator for 10 years. Yeah. So that's not possible in today's NFL. Like Tom Moore was the guy's name mm-hmm. who was with him for the first 11 seasons of his career. The problem with the defensive minded guy in this era is you can't have it's gonna a, be a, charm, a yeah. coordinator for 11 years. That guy, if he started today would have gotten a head coaching job 
because of how we view football. But you think about like uh, Mahomes and Reed or mm-hmm. Breeze and Peyton, and you, you kind of go through that list, Rodgers and McCarthy. Like these guys were paired with a offensive mind and never had to learn other offenses. It was just a decade of running the same thing, and I don't think that's a coincidence no. that they became so great in that way. Whereas Russell Wilson and, and uh, Pete Carroll, butting heads. You know, uh, Brady and Belichick, a defensive-minded guy, butting heads. I mean, this is a big drop-off, but a, a recent example. Like Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer had the weirdest relationship ever. Sometimes those defensive-minded head coaches, Alex Smith and Ron Rivera did not have a no, great like relationship here. Like, I don't know why that is, but this is a thing. Like, it, it's not nothing that, that the when you're not side-by-side side with the QB and viewing the game through their eyeballs – it, it gets weird yeah. sometimes. I mean, there are some exceptions to your point, but it doesn't disprove the rule. Like, Roethlisberger and Tomlin made pretty good music together for a long time. That's a very good one. Brady and Belichick for a couple, for a couple of decades before it got bad. But you're right. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, and I, I just... I think if if we... Brady and Belichick is is the best example, but it punches I'll holes just, in I'll like, just took the greatest of all yeah, time at both things. Right. That's all. I, it's maybe the second greatest quarterback, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just to troll. Uh, all right, let's go to Dre and Manassas on Grant and Danny. What's up, Andre? How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. You know, Vrabel will be kind of at the bottom of my list. I think Doc said this morning when he was in Junkies, you don't hire a man to do a job that was just fired from doing the same job you were about to hire him for. And I, that just, I completely you know, disagree with me. that. I understand. I would say this, though. Watching that game last night, um, the college world, college football championship, it wasn't until I guess I saw that very same play that um, that Danny was talking about, describing the offensive line shaking and doing all that stuff. That I say, why aren't we looking um, at Harbaugh? I mean, this man, guess what, has never been fired at any football coaching job he's had. I know you guys are probably going to talk about it in the next you know few minutes, but I would trade. I would gladly trade. You know, the next ten years for the next four years, if Harbaugh was going to come, I'm sick and tired of losing to the Giants, man. I hear you. Well, we're going to get elbow deep into the Harbaugh conversation uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. By the way, at 3 o'clock, we got Caps tickets to give away. And Rick Buecher, the longtime NBA analyst and reporter, is going to join us. I want to ask him about Bob Myers and how maybe he can help in what's going on here. As someone who covered him and knows him, he'll have some insight on Myers for us. So we'll have him on for a few minutes right at the top of the hour ahead of the Harbaugh conversation. But I want to dig deeper into this idea that you shouldn't hire someone who's getting fired uh, that I disagree with. We can get to that next. Also, something Jay Gruden said to us yesterday on the show that keeps resonating with me about how good a job this is. Uh, let's hit that as well. Grant and Danny on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Commanders have six, one of the six, I should say, head coaching openings in the NFL. Welcome back 
GND on the fan. The Falcons' job's pretty good. They need a quarterback, but they can compete in that division as soon as next year. The Panthers' job just seems terrible. You're going to have to overpay and give someone some control of the front office because David Tepper seems like a maniac to work with. The Chargers' job's probably the best because Herbert exists, but there are a bunch of other reasons why, if he wasn't there, it wouldn't be a particularly good job uh, that he's got to overcome. Then you got the Raiders, now the Titans, and the Commanders. But we know Washington has one of the best openings, that they're drawing interest from the top candidates who are willing to talk with them. And one of the reasons this is such a good job is something we've talked about a lot, but but I don't know that we've addressed since they got the number two overall pick, if the people who were kind of all along dragging their feet and hoping they'd win, if they will acknowledge now that the season's over and it ended how it ended, mm-hmm. how good this was for this team to finish with the number two overall pick. This was Jay Gruden on the show yesterday. And anytime you have a number two pick, it's a good job because there are some really good quarterbacks that are very exciting uh, prospects moving forward for your franchise. I mean, you look obviously at Caleb Williams, you look at Drake May, you look at uh, Jaden Daniels. Now you're looking at uh, Penix Jr. I mean, he's looking pretty good. So you have four quality options there to lead your franchise moving forward, and that will attract a number of head coaches. And there's a good team in place. Uh, There's a lot of positions they need to address, but when you have that number two overall pick, it's exciting for a lot of people. Doesn't matter if it's Harbaugh, Vrabel, Ben Johnson, or anybody else, right? If they're looking at the commander's job, if they picked eighth, they would go, I'm probably going to have to find a quarterback there somehow, some way. Ask Ron Rivera. It's so hard to do. Yep. Now you look at that job and you go, I'm either going to have Caleb Williams or Drake May, the elite quarterback prospects in the country this year. So you feel like, we don't know if those guys are going to be good or not. We'll figure that out in time. But that's no longer a massive concern. In other words, you're coming in here, and for the first couple of seasons, quarterback is solved. That changes the entire math equation mm-hmm. on whether or not you want to go to a place. Finishing with the number two pick changed everything for them as a head coaching destination. I mean, there you, you can get the occasional person to come in for a reclamation project. See, yeah, for mentioned Jay Gruden coming in here to try to fix Robert Griffin and get this offense back on track in the wake of 2013. We had to move on, right? And you, it put him behind the eight ball where it's, okay, well, we've got this other guy on the roster. You want to try that? Or we've got Colt McCoy also. Let's try that. No, 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 That's what's appealing is it's a blank slate. It's fresh. So there's no harm in basically going, not only do I want to draft this quarterback, but what allegiance do I have to some of these players that were here for this terrible experience over the last couple of seasons? I don't care about you know, name that 37th guy on the roster. I can move on from him and, and grab as many guys as possible that are, that fit what I want to do and how I want it, how I want it done. You've got a lot of salary cap space. There'll be even more once you start making uh, some of those maneuvers. Some of these uh, are easy cuts to make. And again, right, I don't want to be flipping about it. We're talking about guys' careers and lives. But for a new coach coming in to be able to put their stamp on something instead of having to jump through obstacles to and maybe win an occasional battle or two to get like his guy on the roster, there's none of that here. That's really appealing. Speaking of Ron Rivera, who couldn't find a quarterback, uh, Ben Standig wrote a piece in The Athletic today that I know you read. So and good. Thoroughly enjoyed, where Standig talked to a bunch of folks in and around the building. Sounded like maybe even some people from his time in Carolina. And what he came up with as maybe the biggest issue for Rivera was that he hurt himself by being a bit of a salesman. Quote, it was clear he made choices 
based on what's the narrative out there and how can I change it, end quote. This speaks to something that we have taken great issue with on this show throughout his time, which was it seemed like Rivera cared way too much what the reaction to decisions would be, what people were thinking, what the media was saying. Uh, He was just way too cognizant of perception. And and maybe that's because he was in Charlotte and he was so well-liked, and so you come here, and now people are being negative and more critical and analytical and and I don't know. There's probably a psychology yeah. to or asking an actual question <laughs> that too. But like, yeah. there's a psychology to, to probably wanting to be liked and and you know wanting people to to see it your way. I'm not really sure. But Standing got really deep into that in this piece, and a lot of people in the building, for what it's worth, felt like that was maybe why things went wrong. Was that he was trying to make too many decisions to appease what he was hearing were the complaints, Mm -hmm. which is just not how you could or should ever run a team. Nice guy, a former Washington staffer said, but it was clear he made choices based on what's the narrative out there and how can I change it? Nope. (laughs) That's the wrong way to go about it, dude. Because when you're this, this was at the highest level of the Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder type tenure was that's what they were doing. So remember the Monday night massacre, Right, it was so embarrassing. Or remember the uh, cardiovascular fitness game for Donovan McNabb? They were trying to change narratives here, there, and everywhere. Right, that's what the world was trying to do. Instead of actually fixing the problem, it was well, let's buy the media uh, greasy hamburgers so they they're, they're more lethargic and don't ask questions. Instead of fixing the problem, it's let's not have reporters report on it. That's what they've tried to do, and that's sort of the same strategy here uh, from a football perspective. This article is, A, outstanding work by standing, getting so many different guys to, to, to open up about this, but that was at the core of it, was the decision-making. There were narrative shifts all the time. What the plan was shifted all the time. Another GM or an agent was like, I'm not sure who to call. The thing that I've always griped about, where it's like, I know Rivera's final say, but if what if I need to make a move and, this guy, and he's at practice? Do I call Marty? Do I call Martin, who can only do something when Ron Rivera says it's okay? The whole thing was a mess, and it was a mess for, for years. No more messes. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Uh, Josh Harris and his ownership group are conducting interviews at his home in Miami. I've seen some images floating around online today of his home in Miami. Is it nice? It's better than the park. Hmm. I think it's a good idea for him not to have done these in Ashburn and to just bring people to his house in Miami. Maybe they could take a break and go shoot some hoops on his basketball court. Maybe if they get really... uh, you know, dehydrated or something, they can have a beverage and go cool off in his nice swimming pool mm-hmm. that he's got. That's what we did for Darius and Ryan when we're trying to decide who the producers are. We That's brought a right. bunch of candidates to our place in Miami. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it's a nice house that you and I shared. It was really nice, isn't it? Very, very good house. Grant and Danny on the fan. Rick Buecher covers the NBA on Bob Myers, how he'll help the search. Plus, our thoughts on Jim Harbaugh as a candidate next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.